Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Today, I'm going to share with you four things that every freight broker must know to the drayage freight niche. All right, so it only makes sense that we start out with what is drayage, okay? Now, drayage in its simplest form is the transport of containerized cargo to or from an ocean port or a rail terminal. Okay, so let that sink in for a minute. Containerized freight to or from a port or a rail terminal. Now, what is a container? What is containerized freight? Now, a container is basically a very durable big steel box where shippers load their goods, though they typically are anywhere between 10, they they usually have about three different sizes, 10 foot, 20 foot, or 40 foot. And there are different types of containers. I'm not going to get into the nuances of, of containers, but just know that everything goes inside of that big steel box and it's transported to or from port or to or from a rail terminal. All right. Now, Obviously, it involves a trucking component. This is where we're connecting the intermodal components of rail and ocean freight, okay? So when you have an ocean movement, it picks up at a location in China, for example, and gets loaded in a container and then brought to a port, and then it gets loaded onto a ship, and then it goes across the ocean, it comes into our port, and then it gets unloaded from the the ocean vessel, And then it goes onto a truck and then it eventually goes to a delivery location, maybe the customer or some distribution point. The same sort of scenario for rail. So I want you to understand that there's still a very important component that trucking companies and freight brokers can play in the drayage and intermodal space because it requires a truck to either pick up and bring to a port or a rail yard or to deliver from a port or a rail yard, okay? So that's the simplest format. Now, the four things that you as a freight broker must know before you really start to dive in and pursue the drayage niche is this. Number one, brokers and carriers should both have what is called a SCAC code. That's S-C-A-C, SCAC code. It stands for your standard alpha carrier code. Now, brokers are not carriers, but you can and will need and want to get your SCAC code because in the, in the drayage space, SCAC code is an important component of how they manage and identify people that are in that space, okay? Brokers and carriers, just to break it down to the simplest common denominator. Now, it's not expensive. You can go to the website nmfta.org and you can apply for that. It's not an extensive background or anything crazy. It's an application fee. I think the application fee is around 80 bucks, okay? So it's not a ton of money, but if you are going to get in the container drayage space as a carrier or as a broker, you are going to need a SCAC code. And I was a broker and they told me I needed a SCAC code. I was like, what is a SCAC code? So I was asking the same questions as you. We got the SCAC code and opened up opportunities in different genres like the drayage industry, okay? Number two, the carriers that you use will need what is called a UIAA agreement, which stands for a Uniform Intermodal Interchange and Facilities Access Agreement. Basically, what this does is this is a set of guidelines and rules for motor carriers 
as it relates to uh, ocean and rail providers, as well as the people that provide the equipment associated with any of that movement. Again, those containers, right? So those containers are owned by somebody and they have to be transported ported from point A to point B, but they also have to be returned as a part of that process. So it's a little different than a full truckload van freight where the carrier owns the container and then they load it and then they unload it and then they just drive down the road with the container. You can't just leave the container at the pickup or delivery location, right? So that is an important part. Now, brokers won't need that, but carriers will need that. And if a carrier needs that, you can go to uiiaa.org. That's where you can go. And if you're a broker, you can go there and get all the details and understand what it's all about. You won't need it as a broker, but you will need it as a carrier, okay? Number three, drivers that are going to pick up freight at a port. So this is port-driven freight, okay? So this is imports and exports. Broker or carriers that are going, drivers I should say, that are gonna pick up freight at a port are gonna be required to have what is called a TWIC card, which is a transportation workers identification card. Now they will need that in order to get access to the port because again, there's sensitivity at the port, there's government facilities there, um, they're concerned about, you know, safety. They're concerned about terrorism. They're concerned about all of these issues coming in and out of the port or affecting our ports. So that is something that a driver will need. Now, just know that if a carrier specializes in drayage, which is typically what you'd be using as a freight broker, their drivers are going to have a TWIC card. But you just want to know that every driver has an updated and current TWIC card, okay? Number four, brokers and carriers can, this is a little different. This is what I want you to understand between the difference between containerized freight and full truckload freight. Brokers and carriers can be responsible for additional charges associated with delays in picking up the freight and delivering the freight as well as returning the containers to the proper party. So in a truckload movement, if you're moving a full truckload of van load from Buffalo to Atlanta and you don't pick that load up on time, there's typically not some sort of a fine or a fee associated with it. You failed on the service level, but you as a broker and you as a carrier are not gonna get charged. Now that's different in containerized freight. So if you do not pick the load up within a certain time parameter, and if you do not deliver it within a certain time parameter, and if you do not return that container within a certain time parameter, there are additional fees associated with that. I'm not gonna get down into the weeds and talk about all those exact fees, okay? Because that would be very in-depth and very confusing. I think right now, the important thing for you to understand is that the drayage niche is a very powerful, very profitable, very underserved niche in a lot of cases. So you have to understand some of the dynamics that are driving the drayage niche. The fact is the United States has a trade deficit with China. In 2022, I think the trade deficit with China, I mean, I had it right here, was $382 billion. That means that we imported $382 billion more worth of goods than we 
exported. Okay, and that's just China. That's not talking about other countries in the world that we do imports and exports from. So what you have to understand is there's a huge trade deficit. That means that we are buying and consuming more goods than we are exporting. Either way, whether it's an import or an export, there's going to be a drayage component built into it. Okay, so you have to understand that. That creates an opportunity because as the global economy continues to evolve, the world becomes a little bit smaller important export is going to continue to thrive. And so it is a well-known niche. It is a, a great niche to be involved with. It is a little bit different than the full truckload niche, but it can be an amazing niche. Now, like anything else, you got to do your due diligence. So part of you watching this video and part of the reason why I put this together was to help you do some of that due diligence. But if you're going to pursue the drayage niche, you're going to want to learn what I've taught you here, and you're going to want to peel the onion back a little bit further to understand that. You're going to want to figure out exactly where you're going to find those drayage carriers. A lot of the load boards will cover that. There are specialized load boards that also focus specifically on drayage freight. So those are a few things that I wanted you to understand. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you're curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent, and you're looking for some help, you're looking for someone to hold your hand and kind of walk you through the steps check out FreightBrokerBootCamp.com. We've trained over 10,000 students, uh, been in business over a decade. And, um, you know, I've personally done over $200 million as a freight broker. Plus we offer a 60 day, 100% unconditional money back guarantee. If for any reason you're not happy with the program, just send us a message and we'll return 100% of the purchase price. So I hope you guys enjoyed that and we'll check you out on the next video. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.